Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Bishop Mortimer's Day Off. So, after my TikTok blew up with me just doing my own iteration of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic books, I decided since Halloween is approaching, what if I just do an iteration of each chapter of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? There's only eight chapters, so that's just me pretty much summarizing each chapter of the comic book just in case you don't want to have to buy it or you can't come across it. So, shall we begin? Yes, we shall. <clears throat> The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So the first chapter, as we know, um, is called Something Wicked. October 31st, 1951, Sabrina starts off in Westbridge, Massachusetts, not Greendale, shockingly, and we come upon the night of her birth and her father, Edward. Spellman, high priest, you know, of the Church of Night. He's an occultist, the conjurer. He's like a devil daddy. Ooh, we love a devil daddy. Honestly, I would just want a daddy, period. Tonight, the witches are meeting on Halloween night. So the clock strikes midnight, right? And guess who appears out of thin air? Because, you know, witches move in the wind. And it is the coven, led by his two sisters, Hilda and Zelda. And, you know, Hilda and Zelda, especially Zelda, that bitch can be a crab apple sometime. That bitch is off the chain. And you know, as he always says, he says, welcome sisters. And remember, we stand in his shadow. Honey, I stand in no man's shadow. I don't even stand in my own shadow. Actually, I do give off a pretty big shadow. I'm back to the story. The sisters, Zelda and Hilda, like I say, they're very much very, um, whatever happened to baby Jane. These are sinister witches. Like, the iteration of... Sabrina the Teenage Witch on ABC back in the 90s with Melissa Joan Hart. These are not those aunties. These are kind of like if Rosemary's baby met the exorcist. It knows where your aunties, if that makes sense. If you know, you know. So Edward goes up the stairs to get his daughter. Because like his today is his daughter's first birthday. And she's gone. She's gone. But they see the windows open. And something is awry. Something has... There, I know there's something going on here. So, guess what happens next? The sisters, especially Zelda, because you know Zelda's one of those Badinsky assholes. She's like, I warned you this would happen. And now they have to go after Sabrina. Because now, I mean, she's a newborn baby. How far is she going to get? Or did somebody kidnap her? Yes, somebody did. And you know who that was? Her birth mother. So now we have Diana Spellman running through the... Uh, Greendale Woods, the Massachusetts Woods, with her baby after she just gave birth. I mean, can you imagine the afterbirth? Like, girl, you just gave birth and you gotta run for your life to find holy ground to get away from these witches. But, honey, let me tell you one thing. You do not run into the woods to get rid of witches because witches are the woods, especially in these old New England tales. Honey, I'd rather run back to my ex than run into some woods. So, you know, she's running. And like I said, this section of it is very Rosemary's Baby where it's like, you know, you got somebody ill, evil coming after your baby and you're just trying to give them life in their best life ever. But all of a sudden, the woods grow cold and guess who appears out of the woods? And these witches are showing their true form because as we all know, when witches sell their soul to the devil, um, they live for eons, hundreds of years, so their faces start to decay, and we know their pretty forms are glamorous. So with that being said, they all start showing their true forms, and Edward, Zelda, and Hilda, the Spellman siblings, come out from behind one of the big trees as Diana is gripping Sabrina, crying, pleading with them, please do not take my fucking child. And guess what this bastard does? He said, you already knew what was the deal when my sisters helped you get pregnant. So now we have a plot. 
We have a plot. And why do you say we have a plot, ladies and gentlemen? We have a plot because now we know Diana couldn't get pregnant on her own. So Zelda and Helda, Zelda and Helda, Hilda, sorry, <laughs> speech impediments are a bitch. Now we know they helped her get pregnant. So they're kind of like witch midwives. And I love that for them because honestly, they ain't never had kids. And uh, Zelda, you know, that's a, just a stone-faced-ass crabapple bitch. She's like, you promised us, and we made a pact. And, you know, one thing about when the devil is due, the devil is due. So she's crying, and all of a sudden, with the great magic, comes great sacrifice. They wave their hands, and uh, kind of like a voodoo doll appears in um, poor Diana's hands. And the baby appears in Zelda's hands. And she's just standing there cold like, honey, the baby is mine. And then Diana's like, Edward, how can you do it? This is our child. I'm trying to give our child our best chance. And Edward's like, you know the promise you made when you married me. You knew what this life would take. And that's the problem with a lot of things and a lot of people sometimes. You know, everybody want to be a part of it until shit gets real. Ooh, quote of the episode. Everybody want to be down until shit gets real. So they take the baby. And Diana's like yelling. She's getting belligerent in the woods. She threatens, Edward, I will fucking tell the whole town of Massachusetts that you guys are witches. And, you know, witches like to keep it low-key and, you know, leave me the fuck alone. Edward turns around like, bitch, you ain't about to tell nobody. So he takes his hand and places it on her head. And he says, you won't tell nobody. And to be clear, Diana, we are both already damned. We are both already cursed. And you know what Edward did? He drove her insane. He gave, he put the hand on her head and it scrambled her mind to think of everything she just went through was just one grand horror of a dream and nobody's gonna believe her. You know, look, look at the time. People wouldn't believe it these days if somebody said, honey, a group of witches took my fucking daughter. They're gonna put you in a mental institution and that's where Edward put her. And, and each year now, Edward brings Sabrina to visit his mom even though she's kind of like in a canatonic state at this point. And... You know, Zelda and Hilda are just sitting outside of the in the waiting room like, you know, our child. You know, they really want to be the parents, you know. And soon, we're going to see Hilda and Zelda's true nature come out. After each year, we come upon Sabrina's sixth birthday. Sabrina starts to get older, you know. And her visits from her father become far and few in between. October 31st, 1957. And Sabrina is, like, she is bleeding from the eyes. When Sabrina's angry, she starts to become telepathic, and she starts to levitate everything in the house, including her auntie, Zelda and Helda. And honey, she gotta have some real power, because we all know Hilda always been a plus-size sister. I was like, Sabrina, you got some power on you, because honey, you fuck around and uh, try to lift me, honey, your mind gonna go scrambled. Hilda and Zelda are like, young lady, you will not do telepathy in the house. Put me down this instant. And you know, Zelda doesn't play. Zelda's like, come, little bitch, come on, ho. Because we don't got time for this shit. It's your birthday. Now, I know you said that your dad hasn't come, but I'm sure he's away on other matters. Because he wouldn't just miss his daughter's birthday. Or would he? Mm, moving on. Because, honey, I'm not finna get started on my tangents on daddies. But motherfuckers could do better. Now, let's move on. So as Sabrina gets old, they tell her like, you know, it's going to be okay, Sabrina. I'm sure he's away on business and, you know, he will be with you as soon as possible. But little did they know that he would not be back with her as soon as possible. You know why? Because Edward 
after disappearing and not coming to his daughter's party, he has found himself to be entombed in a tree. And see, here's the thing. Let's remember what Edward is. He is a high priestess of the Church of Night. He is an occultist. He is a conjurer. He is a high, powerful warlock. So you have to be some type of powerful-ass witch to be able to entomb somebody that powerful. That's like the Terminator getting um, entombed by a basic uh, robot. Like, honey... You gotta have some real power to entomb somebody that powerful. So Edward's in a tree at this point, and there ain't no getting out for him at this point. And Hilda and Zelda are like, you know, they're just trying to comfort Sabrina. Like, you know, I'm sure he's busy. Little do they know, or do they know? Moving on. So all of a sudden, Zelda uh uses her powers, and guess what comes floating in the fucking room? A fucking gift for Sabrina's birthday because it's her birthday. It's October 31st, 1957. Uh, what else do you do on your birthday? Actually, on my birthday, one time I almost got arrested, but that's a story time for another day. Um, Sabrina opens up the fucking package, and guess who's in the fucking... Guess what fucking gift she gets for her sixth birthday? A fucking black cat. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is the legendary cat Salem Saberhagen. Salem! Say, ooh, you know, and Sabrina's like... I wanted my daddy. And I'm looking at her like, bitch, don't we all? Salem gets out the box and he says, yes, and I want my human form back. But this is what happens when you attempt to enact the book of Revelations. We'll get on Salem's backstory because it does change in this book. So maybe one of the things he did was trying to enact the book of Revelations, but that's not his true backstory. Because, you know, Salem's lived for centuries, so he's not always the most honest narrator. So now we move on. It's the 60s now. Free love, panties dropping, guys dropping, Charles Manson is at large, you know, oh lord. So it's 9-4-1962, and how old is Sabrina now? Let's see, Sabri uh, Sabrina is like 11, okay? And guess what happened, she's coming home from school, she is crying, because she was just bullied. Who would bully a half witch, half mortal? Full witches, that's who. She's a mugblood. Or, you know, let me not get on to doing Harry Potter references, but I don't want to get nothing wrong because you know how people be like, oh my God, how dare you? Do? Yeah. Anyway, so Sabrina comes home to her aunties, 11 years old, sad from school after getting bullied because she's like, am I a half breed? And Zelda and Hilda look at her shocked like, how do you even know what that is? How parents usually do when their children is bullied after school. And, um,. She's like, this girl named Adeline said that daddy married a human and that somehow she, uh, that makes her better than me. And the council banished him and that's why I don't see my dad anymore. And guess what? Hilda and Zelda are not having it. You know, Hilda's a nice one, but she gives me very much, you know, I'll smile on your face, serve you some tea, but poison you at the same time. She's like, I'm gonna go take care of this little bitch. So, Hilda goes to uh, the girl who was bullying Sabrina at school and calling her a half-breed. And walks into her front yard. And the girl's playing with her dollhouse, right? A little magical bitch. Hilda walks up to the girl. Aren't you the pretty slow punk? Your name wouldn't happen to be Adeline, would it? And the little girl's like, it sure is. What a devilish grin. But you know that bitch is a bully. Next thing you know, fucking Hilda starts transforming demonically into a fucking tarantula. And I mean like a Godzilla tarantula. Like, you know how back in the 1950s they had those, those cheesy movies? I was attacked by a teenage werewolf. Zelda turned into a fucking huge tarantula. Hashtag, I was attacked by a tarantula that used to be my auntie. And the girl is terrified because everybody knows Zelda reads the girl's mind and her family has a long line of arachnophobia. 
That is the fear of spiders, ladies and gentlemen. So she pretty much scared the little girl, and then uh, Hilda goes into the house and scares the parents almost to death. And then she transports herself home, and she tells them, Sabrina, you won't have that bitch to worry about anymore. And, but Sabrina's still crying because, honey, sometimes with bullying, even if the bully does get karma, the damage is already done. When they say, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, honey, that is a cruel mistress because words will beat the fuck out of you. Speaking from personal experience. But anyway, they're like, well, maybe we should move because too many people know of our family here in Massachusetts. So they're like, well, where should we go? And they start thinking telepathically at this point. And they're like, um maybe there's other good covens and they were like there is a good coven in Greendale and they're like well maybe we should go to Greendale and Sabrina's like why are you hoes talking telepathically I'm a witch too I can hear you hoes and Zelda's like mm, that means your powers are growing so they decide to move to Greendale and 11 year old Sabrina doesn't look back Sabrina's like let me get the fuck out of here so they move to Greendale and Zelda Salem Hilda and Sabrina move into a house that's across the street from the sweetest little cemetery. Um, imagine, you know, they they're cannibals in this story, so they're like, oh, an endless supply of food. And they move in, and they are Greendale residents now. And Zelda's happy, but Hilda's like, you know, Hilda's a creature of habit, so she likes routine. And, you know, sometimes moving ain't the easiest thing for people. So, now, it's 623-1964, a year later, and Sabrina is loving it you know she's preppy now about to be hidden in high school pretty soon and there's a knock at the door and it is her cousin ambrose yes ladies and gentlemen ambrose the same one from the uh tv show not the same one but you know the same character yes he is in he is in the comic book he was not just made for the netflix series um and he's like you must be the half br and then he catches himself because you don't call your cousin family's all you have. If family ain't gonna have you back, who the fuck will? And he's like, I'm Ambrose. And she's like, I'm Sabrina. And then she's like, nigga, you sound like Ringo Starr, because let's remember this, uh, right now they're in the 60s. So she's like, you look like Ringo Starr, and you sound like him too. And then, um, Zelda's like, please show him to his room in the attic. He has to live with them, because I think he tried to, uh, decapitate somebody's hands and put them in the stock. So... Whatever that means, you know. The first time she's meeting her cousin, and she's like, "So you're a boy witch?" And he's like, "Um, a warlock, ho." And then she's like, "Hmm." So then, yeah, they just get, you know, they get to uh, knowing each other, and pretty much Ambrose and Sabrina. You know, when you have that favorite cousin, that's imagine you have your favorite cousin, and y'all both magical. Like that shit would be lit as fuck. No pun intended. And yeah, so um. Ambrose, he comes from the old country, like uh, I think New England, and he was uh. Uh, altar boy, and he was under uh, the high priestess Crowley. Now, if y'all know anything, Antoine Crowley in real history, he was known as a real life devil worshiper. So, huh, he got the voodoo for these bitches. Um, not voodoo, actually, sorry. He got the witchcraft for these hoes. Anyway, for the crimes of him, I think, trying to take another witch's hands, uh, Ambrose was sentenced to live with, um, the Spellmans, you know, his cousins and his aunties. So they're like, okay, we'll go. He had to go with them because he was about to be uh, sent to the Nether Realm. And yes, the Nether Realm does exist in this world. And Ambrose is like, I'd rather be in the attics with my auntie and my cousins. And he's like, hunt your wish is my command. Zoinks. And there he goes. And then, um, you know, Salem's giving him his sarcasm and stuff like that. He's like, aren't you a clever kitty? And then he introduces Salem to his familiars too. And his familiars are two cobra snakes. 
So one is named Nag and the other one is named Nangini. And, you know, they're just two twin snakes. And, you know, they have a backstory, too. We'll get into theirs in another episode. And, you know, all the familiars get to know each other. And, and Sabrina's like, Salem, be nice. They're our guests. And then uh, he's like, whatever. Uh, you know, Salem's sarcastic ass. That bitch was about to eat them snakes. And them snakes was like, bitch, we're going to give you something more than you asked for, honey. Anyway, so now it's the first day of school. And it is the first day of freshman fucking year. And as Sabrina's starting to get older, her hair is starting to turn more of a, like a ghostly white. And Ambrose is like, do you want me to give you a pretty spell? Because, girl, you look crazy as fuck. You look like an old hoe in a young body. And she's like, you know what? No, I'm going to embrace my beauty. She was like, honey, I'm going to school all girl boss. And I'm like, honey, gag me with a wooden spoon. Anyway, so, um... Ambrose is like, okay, if you want some of the boys to like you, just know I can give you a pretty spell. And she's like, no, honey, I love myself. And I said, I know that's motherfucking right. You know, she's a bookworm. You know, she's a theater nerd. She loves all that good shit. And um, next thing you know, as she's putting her last book away, her and her one friend are talking at her locker. And guess who comes down the motherfucking street like a dark fairy tale? Harvey fucking Kinkle. He is a beautiful specimen. He's a beautiful man. And she's like... Hi, Harvey, but you know, Harvey doesn't really pay attention because like, he's the it boy. He's the jock. Pretty much, Harvey is the boy who, if I, me and Harvey went to school together, I'd be underneath the bleachers with him. But, you know, that's another story for another time, once again. And Harvey walks past Sabrina, he's like, hey, ladies. And then um, he tells Sabrina, because, she, you know, she has snow white, she has platinum blonde hair. Not like the yellow brassy blonde where you need a purple shampoo. Hers is naturally like a snow white. Hers is giving me the cold never bothered me anyway. But actually, it does. So, yeah. And she's like, thank you, Harvey. And, you know, love at first sight, you know. And that's how it starts. And uh, she's telling, she gets home and she tells Ambrose about it. And, you know, they caking on the bed like, oh, my God. You know. And then, um. Ambrose is like, you want to do a love spell on him? And Sabrina, you know, Ambrose is like, um, he's very puckish. He's very the naughty witch. He he walks on that fine gray area. He's like the devil's advocate. So he's like, let's do a love spell on him. And Sabrina's like, do you think we should? That's taking away his free will. And, you know, Ambrose is like, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. And they cast a spell. Meanwhile, Hilda and Zelda are downstairs, you know. And um, they're just thinking they're spending cousinly time together. But little do they know, they're casting motherfucking love spells. Speaking of love spells, do y'all remember a love spell from Victoria's Secret? Or was it Bath and Body Works? I remember, honey, all of us basically used to stay drawn in that shit. So the next day, uh, Harvey notices Sabrina a lot more. And then he's like, um, how you doing, Sabrina Spellman? She's all geeked up, and she's like, he noticed me, honey, with the help of uh, the great beyond. But anyway, um, but the problem is, so now Sabrina is in love. Sabrina cast a love spell on Harvey, and they're in love. Oh, young love. But here's the problem. You know how you cast one spell? There's always other people. See, Sabrina and your family, you ain't the only witches in town. So next thing you know, we're transported to the Greendale Forest. The Greendale fucking forest. And something wicked is brewing. We have Betty Cooper and Veronica Lodge. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, they are witches. They are neighboring witches from Riverdale. And they, their high priestess is Miss Grundy. But these two witches, Betty and Veronica, snuck into the Greendale woods. Because, you know, it's like, in this story, they're like rival covens. You know how, like, high school have rival football teams? A picture of rival covens. So, Betty and um, Veronica are in Riverdale's coven. And they're about to try to cast a curse on some Greendale witches. However, it backfires because, honey... What you put out, you get back in life. And guess what they fucking... They thought they summoned a fucking succubus. Bitches, these hoes summoned the fucking queen of hell from fucking Gahana. 
the cap and you know Gahana is a place where souls are tortured because when you commit suicide on earth however they got the queen of hell coming out of this motherfucking pond and they thought they were summoning a succubus to torment the town of Greendale and they're like bitch let's get the fuck out of here because we didn't summon some shit that we can't control honey this is out of our league but they get home and they're like honey we got a pinky's promise because we can't even tell our chickens and what you mean our chickens can't know and betty's like i agree with you we're gonna take this to our grave honey either you do or i will and next thing you know they couldn't have been more wrong when they thought they summoned a succubus she came across a pregnant deer and devoured its unborn calf the warm meat and blood and entrails filled her the moon was a blood moon and that blessed her. She was of the moon. She was of the weird woods and the salt earth and the warm cold wind that was blowing that night. She doesn't remember her name, but she remembers she had sisters once, so she belonged to a coven. She was meant to marry someone named Edward. She almost grasped it, but it slipped from her. Cause you know, this hoe ain't been alive in years. But she knew he threw her over for someone else. And she said, could it be a mortal woman? Diana. Which is why she took her life and was co-signing to Gahana. Because in Gahana is where souls that committed suicide go for all of eternity. Well, at least in this story. The lake water is cool on her tight skin. She was betrayed and she knew it. And as her life from the past started to come back to her, she started to plot her fucking revenge. She submerged herself into a pond in a Greendale woods and laid there to rejuvenate herself. But first, she would need a new face because this bitch is a walking skull face. This bitch is a butter face. Like, this bitch looks like me without uh, the smoothing filter. Like, girl. Hashtag face fillers. But anyway, that is the end of the chilling adventures. Chapter one, something wicked this way comes. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Tell me if you guys want me to do the next uh, chapter, and I will. Uh, tell me what you guys like. Don't forget to rate me five stars. It would help me greatly. And I'll do more of these um my version of a good summary of uh, comic books. I'll talk about celebrity topics if you guys want me to. Other fandoms and stuff like that. Just my own opinions. Like I say, everything I say are my opinions. They don't reflect the comic books or anything else. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate me five stars. And I will greatly appreciate it you guys. And I will see you guys next time. And as you guys remember, every day is a day off when you're dealing with a fat bitch like me. Bye guys. And